Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, and welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm David. And I'm Sherry. And we want to continue talking about sexuality and healthy sexuality. Mm -hmm. And especially about uh, women's sexuality, because that is such a big issue we find in therapy, regardless of whether or not there is addiction or compulsive behaviors. It is just a big, big topic. And so we talked last time about some of the aspects of women's sexuality and some of the history behind the development of this concept that women are not as sexual as men and why that has happened. And there's some other things with that that we want to talk about. It is a more global thing that then impacts the sexual relationship or the sexuality of females. Right. Kind of where culture has brought us to at this point in a lot of ways with women and sexuality. Mm-hmm. And one of the big concepts we want to talk about is that there is this cultural um, and also religious space where the quote unquote good woman doesn't have wants, needs, desires, ambitions, anything like that. And we're not talking just sexual, we're talking about altogether, right? That the ideal for a female, and again, this is starting to shift, but we're still seeing a lot of women uh, in sessions, a lot of women in society that are holding on to these, these beliefs and the cultural identity hasn't, hasn't really finished shifting, especially if you're looking in, um, very religious, right. Uh, groups. And if it's that already just culturally, you can imagine sexually where they're at. Yes. Yes. If you look at especially religious groups, but even culturally across, um, across society, you'll see this kind of concept that once a woman has, has grown up, there's this ideal that, okay, the purpose is marriage. The purpose is children. The purpose is running the household and all of those things that, you know, we would call that traditional in quotation marks, uh, family pattern. Right. And what happens with that is then the female gets sort of sucked into this belief system that, okay, well, now this is my job. My job is to take care of the kids, take care of my spouse, take care of the household, take care of all these other things. And then it starts to branch out even further. It's to take care of all of these things in my church community Mm -hmm. and in my school, you know, my children's school community and in my neighborhood. 
and you start to see this branch out to all of the different areas, anywhere uh, that there's a social system in which that woman is involved, there's this sort of idea that that women are in charge of that, that it's their job to take care of all of that. And the problem that then arises is there's 24 hours in a day. And when you only have 24 hours in a day, but it's your job to take care of everybody else <laughs> all of the time, there's not really room for you. Or even thought really about you. Yes. Yes. You see all wants. the time. Yeah. <laughs> We're not even to that point. We're like, oh my gosh, did I shower today? Oh, right. or did I actually eat? Right? You're so busy doing all the things for everyone else. And it's really, um, it's heralded as a sign of an amazing woman, right? You, you see this church leaders will stand up and extol the virtues of their spouse or of other women and what do people say, right? Wow. She's always serving everybody else. She never thinks about herself. She's, she's always, nonstop. Yes. Nonstop. Yeah. She's always doing things for other people and taking care of stuff and, and we never have to worry. Yes. And it's, it's heralded as this incredible virtue. And that's a major problem because that viewpoint stifles a person's self, right? Right. And usually all parts. Right. All of them. You don't get to sort of decide right. what you turn on and turn off, you know, when it comes to that. Right. It becomes this global ideal that this is my job is to take care of everyone else and to not have the wants or needs, you know, uh, a friend of mine was talking about a conversation that a family member of hers had with her daughter and her daughter said, mom, I don't ever want to be a mom. And that really surprised her mother thinking, oh, am I, you know, hmm. how, why is she getting this? this viewpoint, you know, and I thought I've, you know, talked about how great being a mother is and different things like that. And so she said, well, why, why, why don't you want to be a mom? And the little girl said, because moms never get the donut. Huh. And that's just embodies this, this idea that <laughs> moms are always last. Moms Either she's last stuff. Or she's trying or she, to keep up an image, and so she's not eating. It's kind yes. of the same thing, just yeah. from a different angle, right? Mm -hmm. All these expectations and... Yes, yes. The expectations that you have to be perfect and you have to do right. everything, right? But there's also very much this concept of if there's only five donuts and there's six of us... Right. Which is a motherly thing up, for sure. Right. Mom gives up the donut. Yeah. I'll go without, right? And that is a, a real concept. And so... Is that the Saturday Night Live Christmas, who was it? Um, Kristen Wiig, I think, has a skit where 
everybody's opening these gifts and they're amazing. And when it comes back to her, she's like, oh, I got a robe. <laughs> and they keep opening more gifts and better gifts and it comes back to her and she's like, oh, I don't have any other gifts. It's the skit that's kind of making yes. fun of how moms just really don't get hooked up on Christmas like uh-huh. everybody else. Because it's, it's their funny. job. It's their right. job to go out and get everything for everybody else and yep. to manage the gifts for they the entire sacrifice. extended family uh-huh. and they're sacrificing and then everyone kind of forgets about them. Right. Right. And so then you see a lot of the, well, okay, then I'll, I'll get myself something or, you know, different <laughs> right. things like that instead of, well, what's going on that no one else around you sees you as worth getting a gift, right? Sees you as worth their time and energy to provide something for you. Yeah. So again, we see this even in, um, even in household chores, you know, all of these different things. It's that, that female responsibility. It's, uh, the, what's phrased the she fault parent. Um, you're not the default parent. You're the she fault parent. So it's (laughs) everything kind of comes back on you. Um, we see a lot where, you know, if you're the, parent that works outside the home, oftentimes, you know, the male will go and then they can kind of come and go as they please. But if she wants to leave or do something, she has to, you know, do all this mental energy and time and work, getting a sitter or making a list for her spouse. <laughs> this, these are the things that he has no idea what all needs to be done. Yes. Or no where anything going is to games or doing anything else if it's up to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so finding that balance again, um, is really important and bringing both people together to work on that. But again, it's not just the men that are putting women in this position. It is really common for women to put themselves Mm -hmm. in that position, right? And for women not to see themselves as their time being as valuable as a spouse that works or spouse that works and, uh, they're making more or even you will see fairly commonly still, even if the, the female partner is making more when it comes to household things, they still don't see their time as valuable as their spouse. So these are some concepts. These are these big high level concepts that then affect so much. I was going to say with that, with that foundation, what about how does sex apply and how does sex fit into this? So when you're in this space of not having wants or needs or desires, of not being as important, of not placing value on the things that you are passionate about, kind of losing yourself in motherhood or in, um, in a marriage, you are losing yourself. You are not a whole person anymore. And that is a problem, right? It is, yep. And that affects then 
how you see yourself, it affects your self-esteem, your self-worth. If you only exist to create and maintain the existence of others, <laughs> then where is your worth? Where is what you have to contribute because of who you are as an individual? Where are your passions and your drive and what you want to contribute to the world. And those things don't have to be big, crazy. I'm going to be the corporate head of, you know, fortune 500 company. It doesn't have to be like that, right? It can even be small things like I really like to paint and I want to incorporate this into my life. Mm -hmm. Even if I never sell <laughs> a painting ever, right? What are things that you're passionate about? Where can you find yourself and not get lost in this good women don't have wants, needs, or desires? When you're a passionate person, when you are, when you have this confidence in yourself, when you have this self-worth, self-esteem, when you know who you are, you are more attractive. Mm -hmm. You have more space in your life because you've been filling your own cup instead of running on empty all the time. And a lot of the things that we notice where women struggle with sexuality is because there's so much on their plate that they don't have the space right. to really step into that role and feel sexy because they haven't showered or brushed their teeth all day because they've been running kids around. You know, it's kind of funny because you hear, well, if he wants to turn her on, he should vacuum. Uh-huh. And you think it's just because, you know, he's helping. Well, it's also taking things off of her plate. Yes. And it gives her more energy and effort to do or think and about something else. it's demonstrating that her time is valuable as well. Mm -hmm. Like I will do this because we are a partnership. It's helping her feel more connected. Yeah. It's doing a lot of different things, not just like, oh, this is going to be attractive. Yeah. Like it's filling a lot of different, different roles and different, um, checking a lot of different boxes that helps her to feel more connected, more valued, uh, and more seen and all of the things that she's doing. So it's good on both sides, right? When you are this whole person, you are more confident, you have more self-esteem, you have more space in your life because you've been filling your own cup as well. And that makes you, uh, gives you space to be more sexual, but it also makes you more attractive as well. We are drawn to people who are passionate about life, who are meeting right. their needs yep. and taking care of themselves. Definitely. So it's kind of this both and space. Uh, and there are definitely um, situations where on both sides of that, women are saying, I'm not, you know, I'm not as attracted. And men are saying, I'm not as attracted as well because... There's no, you know, she sort of disappeared. 
when I married her, she had, you know, mm. all these things she was doing and she had all right. these goals. Because you're attracted to her identity and mm-hmm. she's a lot more whole typically yes. than after children and everything else. And so it does change. Yes. Yes. So we want to make sure you're not losing that. And if you have, look into ways that you can change things and step back into that role of your own identity, knowing who you are. So many women, I talk to them years after children have been born and they're like, I don't even know who I am anymore, Mm -hmm. right? So finding that and doing that internal work and finding what you're passionate about and incorporating some of that into your life, meeting your own needs and your own wants, your own desires, being ambitious. Those are all fabulous things that then give you space to be more sexual. So once you have that and you are starting to incorporate that into your life a little bit more, the other aspect of that that we want to talk about today is this concept that you can be sexual. Right. You can be a good woman and be a very sexual being. And this can be about you. Which if you pause and just ask yourself if you are, mm-hmm. what that looks like, what that yeah. feels like, um, I wonder what it would be. Right. It can be a, a struggle for a lot of our clients to feel like, oh, I am a sexual being. I enjoy being a sexual being and what does that look like for me? It can, for some women actually feel scary. I imagine. Yep. And that's, this is an important concept to really wrap your head around and to start moving into that space because you get to be a sexual being just like your spouse, right? You get to Enjoy sex because it relieves stress. Enjoy sex because it's fun. Uh, enjoy sex because it's connecting. And a lot of a lot of women don't feel like that. They don't believe that sex is for me too. It's sex is for my spouse. Right. right. And if you think about maybe patterns that you have in your relationship, it's probably been reinforced a lot. Mm-hmm. I talked to a lot of guys where the sense is if it is a special occasion yes, or you're going on a trip, you're going to stay in a hotel, let's say, or a birthday, certainly anniversaries, mm-hmm. um, that's when it's going to happen. Well, those are like for sure times usually that that's going to happen, but why is that like when those things are going to happen? It's for him. And there's an expectation that if you're going on a trip or something, then, um, but that's an interesting approach to this. Yeah. So it's kind of feels like it's for them. And that's what they'll say is it feels like it's expected and it's for me. And it's not like, Oh, I hear my wife say, um, Valentine's day is coming up. I'm getting excited. Yeah. How many guys hear that? Yes. Maybe if they are, it's for something they're going to receive or a gift or an activity or something. But right. when you're talking sex, I don't know that very many guys ever hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that can be 
a frustrating thing, right? We, we talk about if you're both doing something, if you're both engaged in an activity that you've decided you're going to do together, how fun is it for you if the other person doesn't really want to be there? <laughs> right. If they are like, eh, this is just not really my thing. Every guy listening is like, I can relate. want <laughs> me to. Yeah. I'm doing this out of duty because I'm supposed to. Yep. Right. It's not a super exciting thing. Like you, you don't look forward to it as much. Right. And that's important. That's important to know. Cause I think a lot of times women who are struggling in this area think, well, yeah, it's fine. We'll just get things over with and do it because they want to or, or whatever, not realizing it's not as good of an experience for your spouse when you're doing it out of that sense of right for sure and And i I hear this all the time yes i was gonna say you probably hear this too that it's just not as pleasant of an experience even if the the wife or the woman thinks well this is what he likes about it um you talk to him and what he likes about it is that it's her and it's engaging yes so yes we want you to be a part of this process and to enjoy it and to want to be there and all of that and so as you're thinking about that and just kind of thinking about this concept of can sex be for me if that feels either scary or you feel some aversion to that or just kind of a blank space or of why space, you know, <laughs> maybe that's something that you want to look at and consider. Yeah. And especially if you've done some of this other work around your wants and your needs and feeling really fulfilled as a person and feeling like that whole complete person, if you're still struggling around that, you may want to look at that and you may want yeah. to maybe consider going and talking to someone about Definitely. that because Every woman should get to feel like sex is for her. It's kind of like every woman should get to enjoy sex. Yes. And why not every bit as much or more like they're built for than men? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And I think as we talk, I think next time we're going to talk about some of those, uh, some of those differences and, and what, the sexual response cycle can look like and all of these different things that can kind of help you understand this concept that David is saying about they could enjoy it potentially even more, right, than men. Let's look at what that looks like, right? And so we'll do that next time. But start to kind of get used to that idea if that feels like a fairly foreign idea because you should get to be as sexual and enjoy sexuality just as much. Right. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, bad or, and we talked about this before. <laughs> sometimes it's like a good woman, don't good women don't enjoy sex. If you enjoy sex, you're a slut kind of a concept that has been in running around culturally for many years. Right. But really you should get to be and enjoy sex. Right. 
Absolutely. And look forward to that and be excited about having um, sex in your life. So stay tuned. We'll talk some more about this next time. Thanks for joining us. See ya. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.